Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Respected listeners, dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Let us all pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He accepts our coming here and make it a means of our forgiveness, make it a means of our salvation. May Allah allow our, present, our presence in the dars to become a means of all of us enjoying the barakat and the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to benefit from the nur of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove the veils of darkness from our hearts through the barakah of the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you and I from the students of the Qur'an for, for life. And may He enable us to practice on what we hear and enable us to propagate what we hear. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Additionally, let us also renew our intention. We're here only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our speaking, our listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it, uh, bring ikhlas in it. And also, at the beginning of every dars, also make niyyah that, Ya Allah, whatever situation I'm going through in my life, make uh, this dars a means of helping me get through the difficult parts of, of my situation. Then make this dars a means of answering my doubts, removing doubts, answering questions, and a means of receiving a message from you based on whatever I need to hear at this point in life. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in Surah Anbiya after mentioning the story of Nuh alayhi salam, uh, Lut alayhi salam, Allah Jalla Jalalu mentions now the story of uh, Nuh alayhi salam. A little bit, a few ayats of that, and then it goes into the story of uh, <coughs> it goes into the story of uh, Sulaiman and Dawood alayhi salam. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. وَنُوحًا إِذْ نَادَى مِنْ قَبْلُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَنَجَّيْنَاهُ وَأَهْلَهُ مِنَ الْكَرْبِ الْعَظِيمِ وَنَصَرْنَاهُ مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمَ سَوْءٍ فَأَغْرَقْنَاهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ وَدَاوُدَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ إِذْ يَحْكُمَانِ فِي الْحَرْثِ إِذْ نَفَشَتْ فِيهِ غَنَمُ الْقَوْمِ وَكُنَّا لِحُكْمِهِمْ شَاهِدِينَ فَفَهَّمْنَاهَا سُلَيْمَانَ وَكُلًّا آتَيْنَا حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَسَخَّرْنَا مَعَ دَاوُودَ الْجِبَالَ يُسَبِّحْنَ وَالطَّيْرِ وَكُنَّا فَاعِلِينَ وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ صَنْعَةَ لَبُوسٍ لَكُمْ لِتُحْصِنَكُمْ مِنْ بَأْسِكُمْ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحَ عَاصِفَةً تَجْرِي بِأَمْرِهِ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ الَّتِي بَارَكْنَا فِيهَا وَكُنَّا بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَالِمِينَ وَمِنَ الشَّيَاطِينِ مَنْ يَغُوصُونَ لَهُ وَيَعْمَلُونَ عَمَلًا دُونَ ذَلِكَ وَكُنَّا لَهُمْ حَافِظِينَ Let's do this part and follow, if we, uh, that is how much we need to cover today. And if you have time, we'll do the next verses as well. Allah Azza wa Jal says, and there was Nuh, remember Nuh, uthkur Nuh, remember Nuh. When he called out to us before, even before Adam salam, before Lut salam, he called out seeking help. And he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist him against his nation. Uh, this is how it happened. Uh, we answered him. 
This is the same story repeats itself again and again Every single time Prophets come with the message of uh, Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And there's opposition There's always Always opposition And the, 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 the fight between truth and falsehood From the time of Adam alayhi salam Adam alayhi salam And uh, Iblis Then Once on the ground Qabil and Habil And then the story continues till today So it's not a new story We talk about the haq being Attacked and batil uh, Raising its horrible Nasty head It's always been there And you might not like it But this is how the system is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this the world Of a continuous battle If Allah gave victory To the people of, of haq all the time Then there would be no more batil left Because it was well, Who wants to be part of a winning, losing team? Right? Who wants to be a part of a losing team That's uh, 100 to 0? 0 to 100 There's always loses 100 times the opposite wins Batil would lose all its followers Everyone would be following the haq And then there would be no test And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allowed batil to win all the time Then people would just give up They don't have They're like okay yeah we believe it. There's Allah's help in akhirah We'll go to jannah But this is too much We can't handle this where, where, is the, where is the light at the end of the tunnel There is nothing There's no tunnel They'd give up that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that haq wins sometimes, batil wins sometimes. Haq wins when you just think that batil is about to take over, then haq wins. And then you're just getting all comfortable with haq. Oh, mashallah, haq is all over. Bam, batil comes in again. It's like that non-stop. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says mm, that um, in the Quran as well, that the, 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 the see, uh, where is this? Well, I think if it's in the last verses of, of the uh, of uh, in the eleventh Jews, the last first quarter, Allah Azza wa Jalla when He speaks about وَإِذَا أُنْزِلَ سُورَةٌ وَإِذَا أُنْزِلَ سُورَةٌ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ أَيُّكُمْ زَادَتُهُ هَذِهِ إِيمَانًا فَمَنْ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَزَادَتُهُمْ إِيمَانُهُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ وَمَنْ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَتُهُمْ رِتْسًا إلَى رِتْسِ مُمَاتُهُمْ كَافِرُونَ أَوَلا يَرَوْنَ أَنَّهُمْ يُفْتَنُونَ فِي كُلِّ عَامٍ مَرَّةً أَوْ مَرَّتَيْنِ ثُمَّ لَا يَتُوبُونَ وَلَهُمْ يَذَكَّرُونَ the believers say, Zadatu Imana. This is it. This is stronger proof for us. Anytime a new verse is revealed, the believers increase in their strength. And every single time a new verse is revealed, the disbelievers increase in their opposition and in their doubt and in their falsifying of everything. That same, it's basically like the rain. When it rains, the rose garden flourishes and more the roses, you know, uh, uh, what you call, they, they, they even, they increase maybe the plants, the rose plant uh, grows more beautiful and uh, all the flowers bud even, even more beautiful, etc. All those things, everything opens up. And then a few feet away, you see uh, the, the, in the forest next to it, there's thorns, there's uh, poison ivy and there's other type of uh, not so nice uh, two humans. Uh, plants and, and other things As the rain comes They both grow They both flourish It's the same rain And they're both flourishing on that Isn't that amazing? The one is flourishing in its Desire to harm humanity Or one is flourishing in its desire to be a, by a, be a nuisance And one is flourishing in, in subhanAllah in its, in its fragrance In its ability to give you fruits In its ability to give you 
shade in its ability to be of benefit to you. Yeah, that's how it's the same rain, but it increases both of them in completely different things. So similarly is the Quran. That as the Quran is revealed, this is also in the eighth juz, last quarter. Anzal min al-sama'i ma'an fa'akhrajna bi thamarati muqtalifan alwanu. You have a mushaf here? You have a mushaf here? That when, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down the rain, you'll see different responses to that. وَوَالَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الْرِيَحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنِ يَدَيْ رَحْمَتِهِ he is the one who sends the, the winds before the rain comes. Until when the clouds become heavy with rain, we drag them to a dead ground. We drag them to where? A dead, dead earth. And Allah says, we bring down water from those clouds. And then through this water, all these fruits start coming out. In this very same manner, we will take out dead people from the day, on the day of judgment so that you can take heed. Meaning just like rainwater brings a dead barren ground to life, similarly, when the trumpet will be blown, all of a sudden, the graves will split open and people not only will come out, they'll come back to fully, li- fully back to life and they'll start walking. How is that possible? Allah says, look at every single spring season what happens. The dead earth, dead earth how it comes back to life. Right? Now it's covering, mashallah, with snow. Before it was covered with beautiful colored uh, leaves. And then, after a few months, you'll see it's a whole different area. Then Allah says, وَالْبَلَدُ الطَّيِّبُ يَخْرُجُ نَبَاتُهُ بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِ وَالَّذِي خَبُوثَ لَا يَخْرُجُ إِلَّا نَكِدًا and Ayah 58, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The good earth, the good city, with the permission of Allah, beautiful plants come out. Meaning that one rain became a means of fruits, vegetables, uh, and shade-giving trees and flowers coming out. And that earth that is filthy, that is dirty, that doesn't have good isti'adad in it, what happens? That water only brings out its worst. The water only brings out its source. So you see this with the disbelievers. Whenever a surah is revealed, some of them will say, Man, did you just hear the latest revelation from Rasulullah? Did you just hear what amazing stories of paradise he just shared? It's all about the unseen. It's all about the unseen. He's a man claiming to receive revelation and he's sharing these amazing things. So some people say, Did you just hear? Those who have faith in the heart, it just increases them like see subhanallah this confirms what we believed in that's what they say this confirms what they believe in and they're happy they're excited that subhanallah this, this one revelation a month or one revelation a year one revelation a week this is all we need this keeps us going through life it gives us hope yeah we had, we had horrible things at home we lost our crops to this we lost our family to an enemy etc but Listening to a verse from Rasulullah's lips or from the Sahaba's lips, done. We feel that Alhamdulillah, we're content, we're happy, we got nothing to worry about, we're on the haq, no matter what happens. Even if we're bleeding, even if we lost everything, it's okay. And as for those people who have a sickness in the heart, Allah is saying this the Quranic verse, all it does is increases them in their filth, it increases them in their dirt, increases them in their hatred towards the truth. وَمَا تُوَهُمْ كَافِرُونَ Eventually they will die, obviously, as disbelievers. 
So this is such an amazing thing that the same verse that pushes people towards Allah becomes a means because of certain people's initial disbelief that it propels them further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like the rain, it brings about different changes within people. So Nuh alayhi salam, 950 years, not a small amount of time. Allahu Akbar, I cannot even imagine what type of patience. You and I, we talk to one person once, twice, thrice, strike out. I don't think we even wait till thrice. Second time, we write him off. Like, there's no point, I spoke to him, it's not, there's no point. We don't have the dharf, we don't have the ability the, the, to be patient. I don't have it, it's just so hard. Look at the Anbiya, how, how many thousands of times they must have spoken. Because it's not a, a massive multi-billion dollar, a multi-billion uh, human planet there. Small community. But you're speaking in the same community for over nine centuries. How many? Tens, probably hundreds of times people were approached and spoken. From this angle, from that angle, from this angle, from that angle, from this angle, from that angle. Allah has a system. So the more He would speak, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nuh, there's a whole beautiful surah, Surah An-Nuh, Allah Jalla Jalalu says there, of how they treated Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. And they said that, um, okay, this is, it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about eventually in this surah, Nada min qablu, He called out to us. And He called out to Allah to destroy His nation. I'm done. Nine, nine centuries. How much more should I do? I can't take it anymore. So as He was cursing His nation, Let's read what Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah An-Nuh. Allah Azza wa says, "Qala Rabbi," He says in Surah Ayah number five of Surah An-Nuh, "Qala Rabbi, O my Lord, inni da'utu qawmi." Indeed, I called out to my nation, "Layla wa nahara, night and day, night and day, literally night and day." Falam yazidhum du'ai illa firara. My calling out to them only increased them in repulsion. It's weird. You think the more you go after the people, they'll come closer eventually. Not the ninth time, the 900th time, maybe they'll come back. But he says, No, Ya Allah, the more I ran after them, the more they ran away from me. The more I tried to explain to them, the more they became adamant in their disbelief. And every single time I invited them towards the deen, what was the purpose of me inviting them? So that you could forgive them. My invitation was based on my love for them and my sincerity for, for them to be saved from the fire of Jahannam. That's what the Nabi Nuh is saying. I wanted them to gain your forgiveness. Instead, what, how did they treat me? They put their fingers into their ears. The only one person who's out there trying to know their own father doesn't want to save his son from Jahannam. Wife doesn't want to save the husband from Jahannam. Child doesn't want to save the parent from Jahannam. They're all going in that same direction. There's one man, Nuh salam, who's trying to save them all from the fire of hell. And he's inviting them. The response is, they're all putting their fingers inside their ears. So they don't even accidentally hear what he has got to say. وَاسْتَغْشَوْ ثِيَابَهُمْ اِسْتَغْشَوْ ثِيَابَهُمْ means to take your bottom, your cloth, your thobe, let's say your clothing, and your shirt, your shawl, put it on top of your face. Imagine that, you're talking to someone, he puts his fingers in his ears, puts a shawl over his face, from the bottom, says, I don't even see your face. وَأَصَرُّوا And they remain adamant on their disbelief. وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا اسْتِكْبَارًا and they were extremely arrogant. Arrogant in there that, no, we know better. We don't need to follow you. jihara. Ya Allah, I called out to them in public. Publicly I invited them. Out loud, publicly. I announced it. I announced about you and Akhirah and the Day of Judgment. And then I went and spoke to them softly. 
I went and spoke to them individually. Now you could say, I went to them one on one, publicly, open, quiet. And I told them, Istaghfiru Rabbakum. Please seek forgiveness from your Lord. Innahu kana ghaffara. Most definitely, He is willing to accept your forgiveness. You just have to simply turn to Him. It'll take one second. Just one second. Turn around and say, Ya Allah, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. That's all you gotta say. Just do that. Turn around and say, I'm sorry. I love you, Ya Allah. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Innahu kana ghaffara. He's willing to forgive you. You receive the sama. And as soon as that what happens, you receive the sama. Allah will send down the rains upon you, torrential rains. Now you're, if you're suffering drought, do istighfar, but the rain will come. amwal, And Allah will assist you and grant you even more. Imdad, yani give you more. Amwal, wealth, you'll get dunya too. Wabaneen, and you'll have sons. Wayaj'allakum jannat, and you'll have gardens. Wayaj'allakum anhara, and you'll have rivers. What you'll get in hereafter is separate. Allah is willing to give you all of this in this dunya if you simply repent. But it didn't work. So then, Allah Jalla Jalalu mentions, Allah Nuh says, قَالَ نُحُ O my Lord, إِنَّ مَعْصَوْنِي They have disobeyed me. وَاتَّبَعُوا And they began to, they have followed, مَنْ لَمْ يَزِدْهُ مَالُهُ وَوَلَدُهُ لَخَسَارَ That, those false idols, and that, that have, uh, uh, what you call, not benefited them in the least, and all it has done, is harm them. وَمَكَرُوا مَكْرًا كُبَّارًا And they have plotted against me, a huge plot. As Nuh salam, he even told them, فَكِيدُونِي جَمِيعًا You know what? If you want to go and you want to get into the fight, كِيدُونِي جَمِيعًا All of you put together, plot against me. فَلَا تُنْذِرُونَ And don't give me any respite. Because you know, what's the most you're going to do? You're going to kill me. That's it. But it's not over. You know you say, you have round one, round two, round three. And after round three, if the, if the, if the winner, you know, he's able to topple the, the opponent, and the bell rings or whatever they call that, khalas, you know, you became the champion and you walk away, done. No, but that's not how it works in the, in the akhirah. <laughs> you, can, you can win three times in three seconds, in all three rounds or seven rounds, how many rounds they are. But subhanAllah, the real round is yet to happen. That's in the akhirah. Isn't that amazing? No matter how this ends. So that's why the Nabi said, you all can plot against me and don't give me any respite. Indeed, I put my reliance completely upon Allah. Rabbi wa Rabbikum, who is my Lord and your Lord. There isn't a single crawling being, an animal or a human being. Except for Allah is holding it by its forelock. You don't understand that. You don't believe it. You can't feel it, maybe. But Allah has you in complete grip. Indeed, of course, my Lord is waiting on the straight path. So if you follow in the straight path, you'll meet Allah. And if you deviate on any other path, you're not going to find Allah, you're going to find something else. So Nuh salam, he says, Ya Allah, I ask you, that these people are not are not budging. They're 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 forcing me. They're pushing me to obey their to worship their idols. Wad Nasra, all these false idols of theirs. and they have misled so many people. Ya Allah, please destroy them. So Allah says, Due to their sins, they were all they were all drowned. And they were immediately sent to hell. Meaning that's why for the ulama say, this is from, from this is the, one of the proofs you can say, of the, one of the proofs of the fact that there is adab in the qabr. 
What happens in the day of judgment is its place. But when a person dies, Adab al Qabr begins. This is also mentioned where? In the 24 Jews in Surah Mu'min, Allah Azza wa speaks about Fir'aun. And he says how Fir'aun was destroyed. And Allah says, Adkhilu ala Fir'aun ashad al Adab. Allow Fir'aun's uh, family to enter into the worst punishment. Adkhilu, send them into the worst punishment. That means where? Punishment of what? Qabr. And then Allah says, Annaru yu'raduna alayha guduwan wa ashiyya. Fire is presented to them morning and evening. Every morning and evening, fire of Jahannam is being presented to them. Yani they're being roasted in the fire of Jahannam. Where is that fire? That's again, we're not talking about hellfire, akhirah. We're talking about in the qabr. So Allah Azza wa says, due to their sins, they were destroyed and they were sent to hellfire. They were not able to find any helpers besides Allah. وَقَالَ نُوحُ الرَّبِّ And then Nuh said, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, لَا تَذَرْ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ الدَّيَّارَ Do not allow from amongst the disbelievers even one household to remain. إِنَّكَ إِنْتَذَرْهُمْ This is like, you know, we say like cockroaches. You know, if you leave even one or two, done. You know, they have built up a whole colony. إِنَّكَ إِنْتَذَرْهُمْ O Allah, if you leave them, what they'll do? يُضِلُّ عِبَادَكَ They will mislead all your servants. And they will only give birth to even more disbelievers. Rabbi, O oh my Lord, ikhfirli, forgive me, waliwalidayya, and my parents. And whoever enters my home, mu'minan, as a state of a, in a state of belief. And walil mu'minin mu'minat, forgive all the believing men, forgive all the believing women. All of this will not increase the oppressors only in, but in destruction. This is the powerful ayats of Surah Nuh. Which is, which is describing the pain and grief after over nine centuries, Nuh begged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. And so this is nothing new. This is always war, as we started earlier from the beginning of the tafsir, is, is happening between haqq and batil. And like we talked about, one, day, one time, you, one time haq will win, one time batil. And I, remember what I said, if haq always won, then everyone, there would be no test remaining. Everyone would leave batil and join the ranks of haq. And if batil always won, then people would give up. That is why Allah Azza wa Jal has made it, tit, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, تِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُ نُدَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ yeah, that's the ayat I was looking for. This is how we rotate the days amongst the people. Some day for you, some day against you. And for Allah to know who are the true believers. Subhanallah. What beautiful solace we get from the Quran. So Allah says, We answered him, his prayer of Nuh Then we delivered him and his family in the ark. From the great from the great anguish. This great anguish is, of course, we're talking about the flood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. Now ahlahu. The, this is referring to the believers from his family. So his son didn't accept it. So his, his son is not included in this. Nuh salam's son. And also his wife didn't accept. So she's also excluded from that. Uh, <clears throat> then Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَنَصَرْنَاهُ Thus we did support him مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الَّذِينَ يعني عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا Against the nation, against the nation who had belied our signs. Who are these people? إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمَ سَوْءٍ Indeed, they were an evil people. So we drowned them all together. We're seeing that same thing may, this has to repeat itself. Falsehood must, Falsehood eventually must come to an end. 
And فَأَغْرَقْنَاهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ is a story of Lut nation, story of Nuh nation, story of, of, the, of the other prophets as well, that you'll see. Allah just ends the story with أَغْرَقْنَاهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ They all were destroyed. The next story was Dawood or Sulaiman. And mentioned the story of Dawood when they rendered a judgment in the case of the tillage. Behold, the sheep of a people forged in it by night. Thus to both their judgments we bore witness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about Dawood and Salam, Aliman Salam, father and son. People came to them and they said, Okay, we have a situation. The situation is there's a person who had a flock of sheep. The flock of sheep went and at night went into another person's crop land and ended up uh, ruining and destroying the whole crop. It happens. Right? So you have this big damage. So they came and asked Dawud what should we do? Nafasha means to come and destroy at night or to, uh, to graze at night. If you, uh, right? So that's what happened. So now Dawud father's decision was the loss is so much that your animals caused that you need to give up all your animals and give it to the person who owns the farm. Done deal. Go home empty-handed. Why did you not take care of your animals at night? Your animals caused so much damage that you need to give up all your animals to the owner of the field and call it, you know, call it a night. Done. وَكُنَّا لِحَكْمِهِمْ And we were, we were watching how they are going to make these judgments. فَفَهَمْنَا سُلَيْمَانِ They're both prophets, father and son. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I gave a deeper understanding in this situation to Sulaiman how to answer this. They're prophets. This is called ilm ishraqi. Right? There's, there's ilm that is based on uh, your observation. Uh, based on his, there's ilm based on you know uh, 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 things that you observe with your eyes, with your senses, etc. And then there's ilm ishraqi, where a person is inspired by something, inspired by something, knowledge of that. As Allah says, "What taqullah, Fear Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa taala will teach you. Very interesting. Fear Allah and Allah will teach you. <laughs> What's going on over here? You didn't say go to, there, yani there, doesn't mean you skip the madrasa or you don't go. There is that madrasa knowledge is there. But then there's a whole another level aspect of ilm, ilm ishraqi that comes as a gift from taqwa. When a person has taqwa, then Allah Azza wa Jal is saying in the Quran, fear Allah and Allah will teach you. And this is what we call ilm ladunni. Lada ladun from Allah. That Allah Azza wa does ilqa in a person's heart. Ilham. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now is inspiring Nabi Sulaiman how to deal with this situation. Both prophets, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say fafahamna for Dawood alayhi salam. For Sulaiman salam he did. So he say give a different answer. He says, with all due respect to my honorable father, can I have a, you know, let me give you my decision. You know, they came to him. He said, the way it should be is that why don't you switch ownership? The animals should go into the ownership of the owner of the farm for one year. And the farm should be taken under the ownership of the owner of the animals, the sheep, goats. For one year, you can enjoy free milk and all that stuff off of your sheep, off of his sheep. 
And this person, he will need to work on the farm to bring it to a level where it was before his animals destroyed it. After one year, you both switch. Go back to how things were. So this way, there's no utter loss for one guy. Because in the first situation, what happened? One guy, one, he still has to work on his farm anyway. He's gone. But then the other guy has got nothing left. So now this was the wisdom of Sulaiman that he was able to navigate through this situation. And he did this. Not to say Dawud salam's answer was wrong, but this was something that was more arfaq, which was something more comfortable, more easy to practice, more beneficial for both parties. And this is an example, ulama say, where it's nothing wrong of a son going beyond the father. But rather we'd say, the ulama say that the son is going beyond the father due to the barakah of the du'as of the father, or due to the efforts that the father put in initially in raising that child. Because every father wishes his son goes beyond him. And so if every student was supposed to stay behind his teacher, and every father, every son was supposed to stay behind his father, the world wouldn't move, move forward. The way the, move, way the world moves forward, Islamically, academically, materialistically, in every sense, is because students go, above their go beyond their teachers. Children go beyond their parents. And that's how the world moves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this faham. So from here, ulama talk about what I said, ilm ishraqi, faham ishraqi, which we should ask Allah for. Right? Oh Allah, Allahumma, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, oh, oh, uh, um, oh uh, Allahumma inni asaluka ilm nafiyah, we ask, oh Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge. And there's only one place in the entire Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us for, ask for, what? Ziyadah, more. More. Only one place in the Quran that there's, don't ever be content with what, what level you have. Rabbi zidni ilma. Oh Allah, increase me in my knowledge. No matter what degree you're in, you need to have more. For every person who's got knowledge, there's someone who's got more knowledge than him. It's a never-ending thing. Always desiring to have more. But ilm, the ilm it, it, it doesn't come through just like that. It comes through a lot of mujahada, a lot of sacrifice of the nafs. It comes through a lot of taqwa. It's foolish for a person to think that I'm just going to get ilm ladunni and I'm not going to seek uh, kasabi. Knowledge that you have to go earn through uh, spending time at the feet of ulama, reading through books and so forth. As you go through that journey, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also give a person based on his taqwa this. Right? And the Allahumma alhimna marashida umurina. This is another dua that we should be reciting regularly. Allahumma alhimna marashida umurina. Oh Allah, inspire me with a correct way to deal with my affairs. Allahumma alhimna marashida umurina. Marashid from rushd means correctness, righteousness. Oh Allah, inspire me <clears throat> in the, how to deal with my affairs in the correct manner. Wa'a'idha min shuroori anfusina. And protect me from the evil of my nafs. Because the nafs is so horrible, so bad. You have no idea when you're being deviated and you're going into, uh, into uh, materialism or you're going to ulterior motives or you're going for something else. The nafs is very slick and sly, very slick and sly. So you're thinking you're doing dini work, but you end up doing, serving your own self. It's very dangerous, very dangerous how this nafs works. So what a, what a beautiful balanced dua. Oh Allah, inspire me, alhimna, ilham. Inspire me to make the best decision. So a person right now says, should I send my son to public school, Islamic school, private school, homeschooling? What am I supposed to do? And you can have a hundred other questions like this. There's no guru here to give you the answer. 
it really is very compl- complicated question with complicated multi-layered answers there's so many issues going on right now in the world that uh, you know you cannot say one size fits all haqiqatan Allah guide you Allah guide me that's what it is right if Allah guides us we'll get it if Allah doesn't guide us we'll slip there's no if you know when the snow is covered outside the snow full snow is covered after ice and now you have to walk from here to your car that's parked at the end of the parking lot if, let's say by phase 3 can anyone come and say okay brother there's black ice outside on top of that there's a layer of fl- uh, flurries can you tell me how I should walk huh? where should I put my foot down or where should I not? what are you going to say just walk slow brother that's all I can say and walk there's no other way you can slip anywhere anytime you might make it you can even run and make it to your car and you may slip at the doorstep and break your head that's how it is that we don't know when we're gonna lose our iman we don't know when our children are gonna turn against us when we don't know subhanallah when our beloved daughter that you spend so much effort on raising turns against you huh? this is what parents are saying they're like how did this son turn against me like this how did you know uh, daughter turn, you know they say they, your shadow doesn't even support you that's what we're living in right now no one it's just you don't know who's gonna turn against you anytime anywhere and you wonder like what in the world happened to you how did a ninth grader, a eighth grader, all of a sudden was completely fine and loved, you know, and great kid goes to goes to public school for one week, comes back like a monster, uh, throwing fits at home every single day, and and whatever the case may be, this is the norm today. And like, okay, that didn't work. What should, let's try something else. Let's throw him into Islamic school. Oof. So then he's even even slick and slyer. What he knows how to smile. He knows how to put on his kufi. Maybe get a big tasbih also. But he becomes a bigger shaitan than the first one. The first one he lets you know he's a shaitan, He's going infected. The second one he's super slick. You know he wears that thobe or she wears that scarf and that hijab and all that stuff. Puts on a tasbih and everything. It's all fake. So now you thought, oh my God, this seems to be Islamic school saved this kid. Only to find out, you know, after a couple years later, you, images come out, pictures come out, and you say, oh, Allah, how, did, how did this happen? Third, when you say you're going to leave him at home, you're going to try to homeschool him. <laughs> and when you homeschool him, subhanAllah, then you start seeing, you know, a rebellious nature possibly, and you start seeing other, other really bad things happening with him. Does this always happen like this? No. I'm just trying to say is there's no one fixed solution. If Allah helps you, you're guided. If Allah doesn't help you, you're done. That's it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance is what we need. If Allah guides you, you're gonna be guided. If Allah allows you to be misled, you will never find a murshid. You will never find a guide. You'll be let alone. That's why we have to ask Allah Azza wa Jalla. Ya Allah, don't forsake me. Right? Do not forsake me. Right? Because I am in need of you. Oh Allah, please do not snatch away from me the good that you have given me. Do not snatch away from me the good you have given me. Very important dua. Do not allow our hearts to become crooked. And What a beautiful dua. Oh Allah, do not forsake me. Do not... Uh, uh, uncover me my faults in front of everyone because you already know me what benefit do you get by exposing me you already know everything about me don't expose my faults and do not punish me because I already acknowledge that you're all powerful you have full power over me you don't need to prove a point you know people like to need to prove a point in this dunya that I got you this is what I can bring you down pull you down Allah doesn't need to prove the point Allah is already complete Qadir and Allah is completely alim. 
What a beautiful dua. Oh Allah, you already are knowledgeable of me. Please do not expose my sins. And oh Allah, you are fully overpowered, oh, you have full power over me. Do not punish me. So this is, reminds me of that athar uh, of one of the, uh, I think if it's Hudayfa ibn Yaman or one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu he said, a time will come, a time will come when the only person who will be saved will be the one manda'a dua al-gharik is the one who will cry and beseech Allah the way a drowning man beseeches Allah. How does a drowning man beseech Allah? Right now if you say your XYZ is in the hospital who's very close to you, you're gonna, you're gonna pray two rakat salah and make a long dua. If someone says your beloved son, daughter, Allah forbid, has in a situation, you're gonna cry. But there's nothing compares to the man who's, whose ship went sunk in the Pacific and he's on a, a, he's on a small raft. He's about to be drowned. We, you, can you compare the crying and the beseeching with ikhlas of that man to anyone else? There's nothing that comes even close to the sincerity and the desperation of that man who is drowning. Please, Ya Allah, send me a miracle. I swear I'll change my life. Just save me, get me out of this mess. There's no one in the Pacific now. At 12, in the middle of the night, 100, 200, no, 1,000 miles away is the nearest boat, nearest ship. Who's gonna save me besides you? At that occasion, the level of sincerity with which a person will cry to Allah, that is the level of sincerity and a, a strength a person needs to have in his dua to be saved from the fitna of that era. That's what the Sahabi is saying. No one will be saved. لا ينجو فيها لا ينجو منها إلا من No one will be saved except for the one who beseeches Allah Azza wa Jal to the to the degree and to the certainty and to the conviction and to the uh, to the yaqeen of a drowning man. So we are kind of living in that era right now. It just requires all of us to really put our head down in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and beg Allah to save our kids. It's every week the, 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 the movements are propelling forward. They're, uh, you know, it's, it's seriously nothing less than a battle. This is not, nothing less than that. And you know, you're talking about what's happening in Ukraine and other places, and every week, every day, day one or day ten or day hundred or day two hundred, talk about which which how many how many thousands of feet or how many kilometers was captured or recaptured by a certain group. That's what this is. But this is what it, I swear. This is exactly what it is. This this movement of this Dajali movement, this liberal movement, Subhanallah, of changing people. They are capturing land in the hundreds of miles per day, and there's no recapturing. No, no one's recapturing anything. We're just losing ground, country by country, city by city, town by town, right? Tribes by tribes, grades just by you know lower grades now. You lost at twelfth grade, you lost at eleventh grade, you lost at ninth grade, you lost at eighth grade. You're coming down, down to now. We're in, we're definitely in elementary school now, hundred percent. We're in the initial parts of elementary school now. All right, I just saw this this statistic today uh, of. Um, of how people identify themselves in the difference in, in identification purposes, you know, how people have identified from different generations. Allahu Akbar. Gen, okay, so the traditionalists who were born before 1946, 0.8% identified themselves as LGBTQ, right? 0.8%. Traditionalists, those who were born in, before 1946. Baby boomers who were born between 1946 and 1964, 2.6%. Gen X who were born between 1965 and 1980, 4.2%. Millennials born from 1981 to 1996, 10.5%. And 
And then Gen Z, born between 1997 and 2003, 20.8%. 20, one out of five. From the people who were born 19. Now, we, I, don't, I, don't, the, what's, I don't know what's after Z. What comes after Z? I don't know, but it's not mentioned on this, on this survey here. This is a survey of December 2021 of 12,416 U.S. adults. Okay? It's obviously going to be definitely more than 20, right? It's obviously going to go up. So you just look at what's happening here. Look at, how, what, at, what, at what, how they're being able to conquer the hearts and the minds. It's a war. And so how do you ha- what do you do to stand up for that? Yeah, you can go and pro- protest in your local school district 100% when they're trying to change the books and things of that sort, change the curriculum. We have to do that. But you, every man has to You have to protect your family. You have to protect yourself and your family. And this is... A, a war that only if Allah saves your because you know like you can save your son from bullets you can put your hand and save your daughter from being you know stabbed by a by a knife how are you gonna save the heart how do you save the heart that's the scary part you and I would be ready to give our lives to save our kids we'll say, I'll take a bullet for my son I'll take I'll take a stab wound for my daughter but how do you save your sons and daughters and my sons and daughters from this poisonous Wind, this poisonous gas that is, uh, you know, odorless, that is colorless, and that comes in and com- once a person gets it, completely destroys him from inside. This is how scary this is. Billah. Nothing can save us beside the, besides the mercy of Allah. Let us re- restart if we have stopped reading Surah Al-Kahf, the first 10 and the last 10 verses every single day. And mashallah, there are people who are reading it every day. May Allah increase them in their, in their istiqama and their yaqeen. But as a reminder, at least let us you know, read our first 10 and last 10 verses every single day of Surah Al-Kahf. We have no choice, brothers. And number two, we have to start spending a lot more time on the musalla, crying and beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ah, no one can save your kids and my kids. We can't even save ourselves. People are, people, are, people are turning themselves. They have no control. You remember, I don't know if I shared this here, and this shared in Jum'ah before. The hadith that it just, it, 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 I've shared this hadith so many times. <laughs> I think I shared it here on the Seerah conference night. But it just made sense to me while I was giving Jummah khutbah a couple weeks ago. I said this hadith, and subhanAllah, this thought came to me that was just, it missed me for all these years when I quoted this hadith. That, the person who will hold on to, uh, who, who will be holding on to the deen will be like the person who's burning, uh, holding on to a burning ember or burning piece of charcoal. That's how hard it will be to follow the deen. And then Nabi Sallallahu he said a person will wake up as a believer and, and pass away as a disbeliever. But what is so powerful about this and scary is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, The thing is, Iman is no small. I don't, you know, may Allah know, Allah knows whether we are mu'mineen or not, frankly speaking. You know what I'm saying? Islam is the apparent actions. Iman is that super strong, deep level faith inside the heart. Not every Muslim is a mu'min. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran himself, Qalatil A'rabu Amanna. The Bedouins came to Rasulullah. They looked at him in his face and they said, Amanna. We are mu'mineen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from above the heavens and from Allah from is saying, Qul, say no, 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 no. Lam tu'minu, no, 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 no. You are not believers. You are not mu'mineen. Walakin, sorry, correction. Qulu, say aslamna that you are Muslims. You're looking at the Prophet. You're saying, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah. And Allah is setting the record straight. You're not a mu'min. You're just a Muslim. 
Iman has not even entered your heart yet. Iman has not even entered your heart yet. Are they hypocrites? No, they weren't hypocrites. But the idea is this, is, this is a very deep ayah right here. There's people who are Muslim in front of Rasulullah and they say, we're mu'min. And Allah is correcting it. It's a part of the verse because this was such a misrepresentation of the reality. The world needs to know. Just because you're a Muslim doesn't mean you're a mu'min. Just because you're a Muslim doesn't mean it's convenient to be a Muslim in Pakistan. It's convenient to be a Muslim in a Middle Eastern country. And you just go with the flow. You show up for Jummah, you show up for Eid, maybe even go with your parents to the masjid, whatever the case may be. Iman is another whole thing. Where you can say, there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that apparently goes against uh, uh, what you call um, uh, observational science. And you don't know the tahqiq of it. What's your knee-jerk reaction? Are you going to be like Abu Bakr and Abu Bakr al-Anu say, if he said he went for Mi'raj, done, I don't care. If he said so, it doesn't have to make sense to me. If he said he did it, it did. We'll figure out the story later on. But if Muhammad ibn Abdullah said it, 100%, that's got to be true. If anyone else said it, yeah, no. It doesn't make sense. Right? But if Muhammad ibn Abdullah said it, it has to be true. Can we say that every person who comes to Jummah, Everyone who comes to Isha in any masjid of the world is like this. Can you say this about yourself? How many times a verse of the Quran or a hadith is presented in front of us and all of a sudden we get this knee-jerk allergic reaction? Yeah. I remember once I was sitting in a bayan, the scholar was, brother was quoting a hadith of Nabi Musa when Malakul Maut came to him and said, it's time for, you to, for me to take your life. Sahih Muslim hadith, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> and Musa what did he do? He slapped him. Malakul Maut's eyeball came out. He went back to Allah and said, Allah, who did you send me to? What kind of person is this? The story, you know, it's, it's there. And then Allah will send him back and so forth. So there's a half of the Quran sitting next to me. He elbowed me. He says, I can't believe this makes no sense. This got to be false. What kind of nonsense is this? I said, brother, did you not just hear? He just said, Sahih Muslim. Yeah, who cares? Sahih Muslim or Sahih whatever. There you go. How many of your sons and daughters, how many of people listening to me right now can tell me that you bring any hadith of Bukhari Muslim? And you'll say, done. It's just, it's, if, it is, if, it's, if it's authentic hadith, I believe in it. it doesn't make, I don't have to understand it. Yes, ulama will explain to you detail later on. But I don't, before I even get to the explanation, I will say, amanna wa saddaqna. It's not easy to say that. It's not easy to say that. Because there's so much of the Quran and hadith we're unaware of. Trust me, when you see those things, you read it, it's a test of your faith. Ask Allah that He never tests you and I. And put us in a situation where you start shaking. And your, 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 your faith begins to waver. So Rasulullah is speaking about people of Iman. That's point what I was saying, which I never really emphasized before, which never dawned upon me previously. Is that Rasulullah said, Yusbiha rajulu mu'mina. A person will wake up as a true believer on the words of Rasulullah, on the tongue of Rasulullah. Rasulullah is not being deceived. He's just talking about that group of people. Through revelation, he's saying that group of people will be believers, mu'mineen, not Muslimin, but rather mu'mineen. Something will happen within a few hours. By nightfall, they would have left the fold of Islam. That is scary. What can take you from absolute faith, deepest level of faith, in a few hours, make you lose your iman completely? And you go to bed, mashallah, doing all your tasbihat and kaliman. Ya Allah, Allah is so beautiful. Thank you, Allah. Pray your tahajjud, everything. Because a mu'min. Of course, it's not like you didn't miss your Isha and with her. If you're a mu'min, how would you do that? You did all your stuff. But something will happen. Something in that air. That when you wake up in the morning, gone. I just don't believe it. It's all fake. 
is just imagination. None of that stuff makes no sense to me. Come up with all of a sudden you become enlightened. You become what? Enlightened. Everything now starts becoming, everything you believed in for 30 years becomes hazy. And everything now, the new kufr that has come through that wind makes a lot more sense. Beloved friends, I don't know, this scares me a lot. And this the idea of how iman, from iman to kufr, within six to eight hours a person will slip. And that is why we have to turn to Allah even more and say, Ya muqallib al O the turner of the hearts, thabbit qulubana ala deenik. Keep our hearts firm on the deen. It is definitely, if uh, you say this is intimidating and scary, of course, I'm, I'm not scared enough as much as I should be. Neither are you. Because if we were, our lives would be different. You know, there's no time for sitting, laughing, and cracking jokes. Because it's an issue of iman and kufr. That is why a person on the day of on, in those days, he will go past graveyards. And he'll be saying, Ya Allah, I wish I could be replaced with the guy who's dead here. I just wish we could switch spots. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it till the night. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it till tomorrow morning. The way people are dying, falling, yani, the way they're losing their iman, left and right, left and right, I might be the next. So should we give up hope? No. You have, you have no other option but having hope, being hopeful in Allah. Remember that. You have no option but having hope in Allah. But never think that you're safe. This is my point. A person he stayed away from sin. One person who's narrating to me his story, how he stayed away from hundreds of advancements from women, etc., in his workforce, in his workplace. And so he mentioned to me, he said, Alhamdulillah, you know, I'm, at least when it comes to this, I'm set. I'm never gonna slip. And immediately I, I held his hand and said, Brother, you, this, is, this is it right here. As soon as you say this, is the very next day you'll slip. If you think like this. So one, one brother, this is scary. Another, brother, another story, one brother, he messaged me, he said, you know, I, I'm, he got very emotional. I said, what happened? He said, I need to talk to you. He said, subhanAllah, yesterday, uh, we, my wife and I were having an argument over something or some discussion. And in very big josh, you know, just all excited and riled up, I just challenged shaitan. And I said, you know, what you can do? I said, shaitan, you can do whatever you want. We'll see you. He said, I, just, I was just excited and I just said this statement. And then he said, subhanAllah, there was a horrible sin I was committing for previous years. Alhamdulillah, for two years, I never went to that sin. And last night, I ended up slipping and committing that sin. And he said, that was so stupidity and foolishness of me. That subhanAllah, when I challenged shaitan, in reality, what happened? I was challenging Allah Azza wa Jal. Because it's like basically you're saying, you're okay, no one can hurt me. And Allah said, no, never challenge shaitan. There's no verse in the Quran that says you fight shaitan. Because you and I cannot fight shaitan. All the verses of the Quran and all the teachings of Rasul are what? What are they? Seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. No one can take shaitan himself. Shaitan is this unbelievable creation of Allah that Allah has put as a huge test for us. You cannot fight him. There's no way you can fight him. The only way you can is you gotta hide behind Allah. That's it. That's it. There's no way to vanquish or destroy him. So when you say, shaitan, bring it on. That means you pushed out Allah out of the way. And you say, let me take you on. Allah says, okay, let's see how, how long you last. He didn't last an hour. He didn't last an hour. He was crying. Called me and crying. He said, I can't believe this happened. I said, learn a lesson. Don't, do, don't watch your tongue. Don't say stuff like that. Subhanallah. So the, the purpose of me saying this is not to make you lose hope. But I want you to say, you, ha- you and I have to have only hope and trust Allah. And keep on begging. Don't ever become content with our good deeds. 
content with our background, content with our knowledge to see I'm never going to be led astray because I have done this much and I have conquered so much of, you know, you know, I've done so much for the deen, I've learned so much, so alhamdulillah I'm set. That is what we're speaking about is something we, can, we should not ever be doing. Subhanallah. So, فَفَهَمْنَهَا Sulaiman. We, we started off on this ayah, Allah alhimna marashida umurina. I said, that was a dua we should be saying. Oh Allah, inspire us with the most truthful of our affairs, the most beneficial ways to lead our affairs. Education, housing, investments, whatever the case may be. Turn to Allah and ask Him to guide you. And of course you make mashwara too. Most definitely make mashwara. And seek protection from the evil of our nafs. Allah says, وَعِلْمَ And each one of them, Sulaiman and Dawood, we gave them knowledge and wisdom. وَسَخَرْنَا And then Allah Azza wa Jal said, we subjugated the very mountains for Dawood What they were doing, يُسَبِّحْنَا He could hear the tasbih of the mountains. وَالطَّيْرَ And he could hear the tasbih of the birds. Imagine what a beautiful scene it must be in the morning. Thousands of birds are doing tasbih with you. And you can hear the resounding sound against the mountains. No, the mountains themselves are doing their tasbih. وَكُنَّا فَاعِلِينَ It is we who did it all. So if Allah did this for Dawood alayhi salam, Sulaiman alayhi salam, Allah can do anything He wants for you and I. Don't be shy in asking Allah for miracles to help you gain your goals. Don't be shy in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for asking miracles to be able to achieve your goals for deen. And for a believer never asks dunya for the sake of dunya. A believer always asks for dunya for the sake of deen. Sulaiman alayhi salatu salam, he said, he said, Ya Allah, give me a kingdom. لا ينبغي لأحد من بعدي A kingdom that no one ever will get after me. A kingdom that it's not befitting for anyone to get besides me. What was he asking that for? He wanted to use that kingdom, that power, and that wealth to be able to further the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so for a believer, his dunya is a blessing because he asks for the sake of deen. So whatever goal you have in, it, in prosperity of your business, prosperity of your education, of your children's education, of their wealth, of their health, and the prosperity of your deeny goals, Ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give you the support and the help of hidden, hidden armies. Ask the help of Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the help of angels. Ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give you the help of even the walls, right? Even the carpet, non living things. No one knows the army of Allah besides Him. Everything. If Allah wants, like in the story of Suraqah bin Malik and Rasulullah sallallahu what happens? The earth became part of the army of Allah. He was trying to make a move towards Rasulullah sallallahu The earth started shaking. He went down. Right? He, he caved in. So, back, what happened? The earth all of a sudden joined. The, it was already, everything is part of the army of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just has to call up his reserves. <laughs> right? They're all enlisted. All enlisted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the heavens and the earth and obviously whatever's in between them too come to me obediently or come to me reluctantly they said ya Allah we come to you obediently so there was a mass draft if I can call that into the army of Allah where no one could say no everyone has been drafted into the army of Allah they're all part of the reserves anytime anywhere at one not less than a second's notice Allah can call upon his reserves to come into action. And then the very bland ground you're standing on, 
will be will join will will come to action. The very wind. That's what we learn from Allah says we made the wind subservient to Sulaiman Same wind that's here, right here. Just here. Same one. What happened with his this is not fairy tales. If those who have weak iman will call this fairy tales. And those who have weak iman will say that this is not for us. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the way to increase iman, four ways quickly to increase your faith. That was ulama mentioned. Speak about the greatness of Allah, speak about the miracles of the prophets, speak about the hidden help of Allah with the sahaba, and speak about the signs of the iman in Quran and in hadith. Again, speak about the greatness of Allah, the miracles of the prophets, the hidden help of Allah with the sahaba. And then lastly, the signs of iman mentioned in Quran and hadith. This, by doing mudhakar and remembering and reminding and speaking about this, your faith increases, these four things. So, Allah says, I made the wind subservient to Sulaiman Within one few hours of the morning, his throne would travel a month's distance. And in the evening, he would travel another month's distance. Two months distance within a few hours. A plane. You see? Now Allah is even showing it. That how... Allah is Allah has given the engineering the mind to the humans today to do that even even quicker. And now we're coming with the latest uh, new jets are going to be soon passenger jets going to be flying in the next few years up to Mach five, Mach three, Mach five within the next few decades. That's what the idea is. Unbelievable, going around the entire world in three hours or three hours more or less, right? Something like that. Subhanallah. So Allah is showing that this is His qudra, this technology that we see today should give us even stronger faith in Allah's power. That if a human being has the ability to do these things, imagine with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Qadir Mutlaq, who made the, gave us this mind, this ability, imagine if He wants to help us, how can, what can He do? It is we who did all. And we taught Him moreover to forge garments of mail for you, to shield you from harm in your battles, will you then be thankful? Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Dawud alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for him to alanna lahul hadid. He would take, you know how you take atta and, 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 and uh, what do you call dough, and you can make things out of it, play dough or just normal dough, roti dough, and you can make circles, whatever you want. Dawud alayhi salam is doing his dhikr, reading his, 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 his uh, you know, amal and doing his amal and whatever, praising Allah azza wa jal. And this is how he used to earn money. He used to, with his hands, just make the, uh, the, uh, the, the chain link. Make it into, uh, you know, into a full ar- uh, armor uh, and uh, uh, a coat. And then he would sell it with his hands. Allah says, Alanna, we softened al-hadith for him. Think, yet, think about this. Wind is subservient, birds are, mountains are, jinn are, which is coming right now, and hadith, the strongest thing. Allah says, we sent down, we gave you, we gave you hadith, iron. Ba'asun shadid, this super strong iron which becomes a means of swords, arrows, spears, all the fighting that happens through hadid. That hadid which is so strong, alanna, we made it soft for him. That is the qudra of Allah. If Allah can make hadid into soft, uh, you know, uh, what you call forgeable something for a nabi, do you not think the hard hearts of someone, if Allah wills, can be softened? Can you not think someone's heart can be turned towards you? Return towards the deen if Allah wishes. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. We have to have absolutely unbelievable, unshakable faith in the power and the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it was not to be for us to learn a lesson, why are we reading these stories? These stories of the prophets are not just historical things. We sit there and, and just shake our head and say, oh, that's nice. No, this is to increase our yaqeen. 
to say, no, this same Allah of Nabi Dawood and Nabi Sulaiman is still around, waiting for us to call out to him. فَلَنْتُمْ shakirun. Are you going to be thankful? When Allah gives you all of these miracles and gives you assistance, you have to be thankful. And then we subjugated to Sulaiman the raging wind to run at his command to the land which he had blessed therein. For we are all knowing of all things. What land is this? This is the land of Sham. Sham. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is, is, the, um, is saying that he was able to travel to Sham uh, in very quick distances because this is a place where prophets were. This is a place where amazing things happened. All the in Subhanallah Asrabi Abdi Layla Mil Mashid al Haram Ila Mashid al Aqsa Lady Barakna, Haulahu Linuriahum in Ayatina. What is Barakna Haulahu referring to? This is also re- referring to Sham. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam spoke about the end of times, about what will happen in Sham. There are many hadith about that. But one of the hadith is in Nafustat al Muslimina Yom al Malhamati Bil Ghotah. إِلَى جَانِبِ مَدِينَةٍ يُقَالُ لَهَا دِمَشْقٍ مِنْ خَيْرِ مَدَائِنِ الشَّامِ You heard this hadith before? Right? Indeed, the Muslim army's camp, their barracks, يَوْمُ الْمَلْحَمَةً On the day of the Armageddon, right? The big, the big battle. On the day of the big battle, will be in a place called غَوْطَ إِلَى جَانِبٍ It will be next to the city of Damascus. From amongst the best cities of Sham. I remember, I never, I mean, we read this hadith in Abu Dawood, you know, years and years ago. We flew through the hadith of But I don't remember Ghauta until I remember one day I was traveling, I was in an airport coming back home from maybe Hajj or something like that. And then the Syrian war had begun. It was like three, four years into the Syrian war. And all of a sudden, Ghauta was coming on the, on, the, on, the, on the TV screens at the airport. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, we heard this, this, this name before. What's this? And Ajib, I was like, this is the first time I'm hearing about the city. And this is what's mentioned by Rasulullah a long before any Muslim, Sham was conquered by the Muslims. Right? Anything. The Nabi is saying, the end of times, this is where the battle is going to happen. And the Ghota outside of Sham is where the Muslim army's uh, barracks or camp is going to be. So there's a lot of barakah there. A lot of khayr. Prophets were sent there. And even it's, it's all going to go down right there. And that's where, that's where Isa is going to descend. And that's where Isa is going to chase Dajjal all the way to Babalud, where he's going to kill him. So that, that's the special place where Sulaiman also was, was able to travel. We are all aware of who can be given what power. All those things are in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Moreover, of the shaitans. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, uh, in, uh, in the 22nd Jews, Surah Saba as well, how the shayateen, the jinns were subjugated for Sulaiman What did they do? Man lahu. They were those who died for pearls for him. He just said, hey, go, and you just got to go into the ocean, keep on bringing out pearls, right? Before, without any apparatus. They go inside, and pluck it, and bring it out, the seashells and the pearls and all those type of things. And there are others who did other tasks besides that, right? Uh, what else? Other times, يَعْمَلُونَ لَهُ مَا يَشَاءُ مِنْ مَحَارِيبَ وَتَمَافِيلَ وَجِفَانٍ كَالْجَوَابِ وَقُدُورِ الرَّاسِيَاتِ Allah mentioned Surah Saba, that they were a whole workforce, continuously working, building buildings for him, constructing a, uh, what you call pots for him, constructing other utensils for him, non-stop factory running of jinns. And they didn't even know when he died, because they knew if, if, if they knew he passed away, they would stop. Uh, Allah subhanahu made it such, there's one tafsir of this, that Sulaiman's passing away uh, was not aware, they, weren't, they were still working, you know, non-stop, unaware that Sulaiman had passed away. Because there was a figure like 
presented to them, they thought that this is Sulaiman salam. And later on, like a scarecrow, that's, you know, and they don't know that that was not Sulaiman. Uh, when that body fell down over time, then they realized that Sulaiman salam is not even here. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, jinn. It became very apparent to the jinn. That hey, if you think you're so strong, that it, just because you're so physically strong, doesn't mean you know the unseen. If you know the unseen, you wouldn't have sat for all these years, or however long many years, uh, in this painful punishment of working, working in the factory, non-stop scared that you're going to get whipped by Sulaiman Salam's army. Right? Just working non-stop. When he's already gone. So Allah Azza said, if you knew ghayb, you would not have worked. But look at the fact that you didn't know he died means you don't know ghayb. So don't let your physical strength get to your head to think that you know everything. No, Allah Azza has divided physical things to certain people, ilm things to certain people. In, at the end of the day, uh, a jinn is definitely weaker than a human being. How is that? Because there's no prophets from amongst the, uh, the jinnat. The prophets are from amongst the anbiya. Allah Azza has given this sharaf uh, to, to the human beings. And has made them uh, the jinn tabi of the human beings. So that's why every jinn, every community of jinnat who accepts Islam have to accept Islam on the hands of the Prophet of, of the time. We were ever watchful of them. Yani we made sure that these jinns did not attack Sulaiman salam. The shayateen did not retaliate. Or that the shayateen did not cause harm to anyone else. Inshallah, we'll stop over here and we'll, as was uh, planned. And we'll start, uh, start off from the story of Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam. Insha'Allah, uh, next week. Um, let's see if there's any questions. So here you have today's Slido um, uh, number is one seven zero four seven four five. You can go to slido.com one seven zero four seven four five, or scan the QR code. Um, additionally, a couple more announcements. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we were able to complete the goal, as you all probably heard by now of 25 million, we were able, Allah Azza wa so kind to us, we were able to triple that, and mashallah get it to 70.1 million, alhamdulillah, um, and, but that, this is just you know, one small milestone in our life, it just shows you, united, how much we can do, how much you can push yourself, if you couldn't even do one, some people were not able to do even do 500 a day, or 200 a day, but mashallah they ended up doing thousands a day, so this just tells you, how much we can, we are capable of doing, as individuals and as a community, so let's not give up, the most beloved actions in the eyes of Allah, are those that are done consistently, even if they are less in number, so if we were doing 10,000, or 5,000, or 2,000, or 1,000, 500 a day, we can definitely do sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at least 100 a day. So let's not give up on that. And um, you know, you can still take the cards and make a weekly goal and deposit it. And every month, then inshallah, we can, when we do khatm al Quran dua every month, we can do, we can do our khatm of salawat as well. Please, please reserve your uh, dates and your calendar for the winter intensive, December 23rd to 25th. Um, and inshallah, ta'ala, we'll have uh, some of our own scholars here. And, uh, uh, and then visiting scholars from Canada and other parts of the country who will be joining us for this three-day retreat, maintaining mor- morality, how to cultivate an Islamic identity. There will be one whole section or half a day or a day dedicated to how to maintain your mar- morality and Islamic identity at the workplace. That affects all of us here. All of us at workplace are always being forced to compromise. This whole, uh, um, what do you call this? Uh, um, a diversity training that's happening everywhere. And Christmas parties, Halloween parties, uh, you know, uh, 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 happy hour, all sorts of things that you have to deal with, 
right? At, at workplace, gender interaction. Tough thing that all of you go through every day, men and women. How to deal with that? The fit behind that, inshallah, that will be one of the many topics that we'll be covering. Mufti Abraham Mirza, Mulan Yusuf Ghoth, Mufti Bin Hajj, uh, uh, a, a scholar visiting from Canada, and Sheikh Yasser Fahmi, and others, alhamdulillah. We have a number of good, amazing uh, lineup of speakers here. So please reserve that 23rd to 25th, inshallah, tabarak wa ta'ala. Um, uh, this, uh, right before the Christmas, in, uh, Christmas break. Okay, do you have any questions? Okay. And then those who would um, just sign up, inshallah, for the reminder, to have C reminder via text as well. Okay. Okay. Everyone who accepts Islam cannot be brought, invited to Dar Islam, brother. There's thousands of people accept Islam and thousands of famous personalities. So, um, yeah, thank you for asking. But, uh, okay. Um, but do jinns at present day and age convert as Muslims? So how? Yeah, they have, of course. There's, from that time, Allah Azza wa revealed whole Surah Al-Jinn and people accept Islam. The jinn accept Islam at Rasulullah Wasallam's hands and that ilm continues. And the, the silsila of ilm, of teaching, learning, hadith, and, and their fiqh, etc. They have a whole system that continues to, to move on in the world. Um, uh, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use we when referring to Himself in the Quran? This is called the... Um, uh, the the uh, majestic we, all right, is or or that where a per, like how the king when he sa- sends a summon or an order, the the royal decree we use is we. Similarly, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for this for sh- for to show his grandeur, his might and his power, right? That is why this this we is used called the royal you know uh, we. When a person is struggling to, subhanAllah, qu- uh, to quit marijuana, weed, what, can I, what steps can I take to, uh, um, to s- stop? Well, if, yeah, may Allah make it easy for you, brother, uh, sister, whoever's asking. And, and there are thousands of people who are, who are suffering from this type of addiction. Um, so the, 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 the good thing is that you're asking for help. So this is the first step. You have to ask help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask help from, from people around you. Um, so there's no, you know, I can't give any quick easy thing, I could just say for any addiction, the idea has to be that obviously a person not only has to stay away from it, but has to stay away from any gathering which will lead him to that. Or any such people who would lead him to that. And staying away from that is the key thing. Number two is uh, figure out what are, the, what are the factors that lead us to this addiction. Be it you know, watching haram, or listening to haram, or smoking haram, all these things. Study those factors. Is it when you're depressed? Is it when you are bored? Is it when you're frustrated? Is it because when, you're, when you have issues at home? So figure out, write down all those factors. When are the times that I'm having these issues? And as those issues happen, you have to immediately resort to something different, like leaving the house and coming to the masjid, leaving, calling a friend to say, um, you know what, can you come pick me up, or can, I, can we go out somewhere? Just getting out of that environment. As soon as you know that factor has come in, I didn't do too well in school, so I know I'm gonna resort to this. My, my parents had a fight, so I know I'm gonna resort to this. My father yelled at me, so I'm gonna resort to this. This is common stress factors would make a person resort to haram. So when that happens, instead of resorting to that, you need to get out of that environment. For, of course, do wudu. Always best to stay do wudu. That's a great protection. And then get out of that environment which you do that. Have a, three, four, five, you know, sober buddies that you call for help when you're going through a problem, that you call out to them and say, come pick me up, or come talk to me at least. That's what you have to be. You have to be led out of that situation. Your mind has to be distracted uh, from resorting to the haram. So you need to have 
a few people who you care, who care for you, who trust you, and who are strong spiritually, <clears throat> and connect with them to get you out of this mess. Another thing is, for example, traveling somewhere where you don't have access to that for a little bit longer period of time, just to be able to get yourself off of it for a longer period of time. Say you're off of it for three days only, but now you travel, uh, you know, in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal, or you travel for some job or something else, wherever it may be, in the deeny environment, of course, ideally, for a week or two weeks, so the longer time you can be away from it, the stronger resistance you'll get. And the 7-7 seven, seven, uh, dhikr that I have given, prescribed many times before in my previous tafsirs, uh, you definitely should utilize that as well. This, the sevens, Surah Fatiha, and uh, seven salawat, Surah Fatiha, Ayatul Kursi, <clears throat> Surah Quraysh, and uh, the four qul, and salawat at the end. Utilize that, read that, do that three to five times per day, and blow it on yourself, blow it on water and drink it. Inshallah, that will also definitely help as well. How do you start praying again after leaving it for years? You're here or you're listening online or you're here, wherever you are. MashaAllah. So if you haven't prayed your Aisha, pray it. That's your start. Don't think too much about it. Just get into it. And then tomorrow you get up for Fajr. If you miss your Fajr, Allah forbid, then pray as soon as you, as soon as you we do wake up. Stop thinking about how do I get into it. You just start. Don't worry about, uh, about what's happening. Someone is walking from here to from here to where? From here to the airport because he's got no ride. He's walking. And then a mile in, someone comes in with a car. And he says, man, where are you walking with your suitcases? I'm going to the airport. He's like, jump in, man. It's freezing cold. How can you walk to the airport? Are you crazy? I don't have means. I don't have a car. I don't have money. So do you say, oh, my brother, I already walked one mile. Let me walk the rest of the 19 miles to the airport. Huh? Or you say, no, thank you, Maya. This is a God-sent car. Let me just jump in and go. So stop thinking about what you've done in the past. Allah, if He's giving you this tawfiq to start praying, jump in right now and move forward and take it day by day I wouldn't even say take it day by day take it salah by salah if you, you prayed Fajr then you miss Dhuhr okay then pray Asr you, you pray Asr and then you miss Maghrib okay pray Isha just pray it don't, don't be sitting there thinking how I'm gonna make Qadha of all the past right now get into the habit of praying uh, how long should talking stage be before I ask for a hand in marriage subhanAllah a lot of marriage questions subhanAllah okay so um, uh, I'm not even reading all of them but any if your person is thinks if talking, no, I don't know how long you're talking. This is that's a problem, right? You you should not have unnecessary long talking. That causes big problems. You have one two meetings, or, you know, or one two uh, uh, a proper you know get-togethers with in public or with your parents, etc. Alhamdulillah. Then you do your istikhara and make mashura from family members. Find out about the family on their side, and you know, and then you move forward. There's no why. There's no reason to be delaying things of this sort. How can I make myself crying when making dua reading Quran? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, فَإِلَّمْ تَبْكُوا فَذَبَعْكَوْا If you can't cry, then imitate the one who's crying. Imitate the one who's crying, that's good enough. Crying is not in your hands. Imitating is in your hands. Okay? If some of us are, we easily cry. Some of us can't. So don't feel guilty if you cannot cry. That's not in your hands. What is in your hands is at least feeling, feeling in your heart. Um, you know, that the, the, the pain. So imitate the one who cries. Is standing while urinating haram. This is if uh, it can be lead to haram because it can lead to urine on your clothes, urine which would then nullify your salah and you don't even know about it. So of course that's going to be haram. And it could be spreading urine on the bathroom floor or the toilet which is going to be uh, a source of, of, of in, in, uh, inconvenience to the next person. Ida'ul muslimi haram. To harm another muslim is haram. How to ask kids to stop spending more time than required in the bathroom? This is a legit question, right? So, uh, 
uh, you know, some people, some parents have told me, like, they had, like, these stop, stopwatches that they have even in their showers, you know, like, oh, the alarm, like, you have, like, three minutes to take a shower, type of thing like that. They put it, it's because it's wasting haram, uh, water, wasting water is haram. So this is a discussion that we need to have that, you know, like, marketplace is a place where shaitan is. Don't necessarily spend extra time in a marketplace more than necessary. Uh, masjid is a most beloved place to Allah, and the most hated place on earth is the marketplace. So you, you, when you go to the marketplace, you have to go. So you read your dua, read the fourth kalima, you read your duas, and you go in, you do your work, and get out quickly. Because it's a place where Allah's, Allah's anger is. Bathroom is, what do you call that? That's a dafta, that's an office of iblis. That's an office of shaitan in all of our houses. Those who have more bathrooms have more offices. Right? Allahumma inni a'udhu ikun khubuthi wal khaba'if. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the evil male and female jinn. This is it. You never read that dua when you go into your, your bedroom. You don't read this dua when you go into your closet. You don't read this dua when you enter your home. You don't read this dua when you come to the masjid. You read it when you go to the bathroom. Because that's where they're sitting. So we have to sit down and talk about this. Like a serious thing. Why would you want to go sit with shayateen? When you sit with shayateen, that's what happens. That they put, start putting things in your mind. The longer time you spend with him, the more you'll start becoming like the way they want you to be. The more time you spend in the masjid, you're sitting with angels. And so the more angelic qualities will be transferred into you. That's what we need to explain, that this is not a place to be making ourselves comfortable. Restroom is actually not the right room, place. Not the right thing, right? It's, uh, it's, that's why these squatting toilets, sunnah toilets are the best. Right? Because you can't sit there for one hour, right? On a squatting toilet. Right, so it's it, this is Sunnah toilet. Subhanallah, so so many hundreds of benefits, physical benefits, health benefits, spiritual benefits. Sunnah, of course, and one of them is that there's no extra, you know, people quick, you know, people will come out quickly, and so there'll be no long lines outside the bathroom. Uh, um. What person, what person can do if they're too young to get married, if they like someone? So now in this case, what you do is a person, maybe if, if there's good for you, Allah Azza wa will, if nothing is, whatever's written for you, you'll get. Whatever's written for you will be, will, will be there. So a person should not be thinking that SubhanAllah, this person I want, uh, you know, Allah knows best what's good for you. And Allah knows that you're 13 or 14 years old, you can't be getting married right now. Right? You don't have the maturity for that. So when a person reaches the right age, then a person can, can you know, ask, what is that right age? You have to discuss that based on your own maturity level. Could be 18, could be 19, could be a boy, girl, depending on who's speaking, is different. Definitely I advise parents to make nikah easy and try to make it at an earlier age if possible based on of course the maturity level. But a person who, uh, the more things we, the more we spend time thinking about this, the more we spend time talking about this, uh, for those young kids, it's just going to make their life even more um, miserable. How do I console my husband when he's feeling so depressed? Well, it depends what the situation is, why they're depressed. But the, some of the things we can do to cheer people up is get them out of the house. Right? Sunlight helps. Going for a walk helps. You know, traveling, going, seeing some a beautiful scene. SubhanAllah, just today, like imagine like how nice, uh, when in the morning, Fajr time, how the snow covered looked. So beautiful. Just taking a walk, some fresh air, change of location is always helpful. Uh, of course, along with that, visiting the therapist, visiting a psychiatrist if it's needed. Yeah, and uh, many times there's underlying issues that all the Desi people are just like 
denying that acting like it doesn't happen but we have some you know like someone said the brain is not a sacred organ organ that never gets sick it's just like any other organ it can get sick it needs to be treated if you can take heart medication you can take medication for your uh, eyes and ears why can't you take medication for your mind so seeing a psychiatrist seeing a therapist is definitely there and from athkar la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah rasulullah said this is min tahti kanzil it's kanzul min tahti al-arsh it is a treasure from under the arsh and of their tens and tens of benefits of reading La Hawla La Quwwata Illa Billah. And one of them is that it removes depression. So reading La Hawla La Quwwata Illa Billah 100 times, 200 times a day, etc. This is inshallah ta'ala going to be very beneficial also from uh, this. I'm a man drowning makes sincere dua because he fears death. Today it feels like just living in this fitna is drowning and death is peace. How can I remain hopeful? Uh, well, if a person... If a person is at such a level that he feels he's going to lose his iman, then this is the dua we've been taught by Rasulullah. Allahumma ahyini ma kanatil hayatu khayran li. Oh Allah, give me life as long as life is good for me. Wa tawafani ida kanatil wafatu khayran li. And give me death when death is good for me. Waj'alil, and then Allahumma ja'alil hayata ziyadatan lana fi kulli khayr. Oh Allah, make my life every day a source of increase in benefits for me. Waj'alil mawta rahatan li min kulli shar. And make my death it means a protection from every evil. Right? What a beautiful dua. So, uh, that is something we can, you know, uh, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if a person feels that he can, he'll lose his iman. <clears throat> but alhamdulillah, the fact that this majlis is happening and we have so many people participating online and on-site, it tells us there's still a lot of khair in the world. And there will be a lot of khair, inshallah, to continue to happen. Even after the jal comes and dies, I told you this the other day too. Isa salam will still live on, and then they will go on top of the, um, uh, you know, what you call, on top of the mountain, and Yajuj Majuj will come, and they'll be destroyed. And then after Yajuj Majuj, I mean, it's like, if someone is living in that era, it's like, is there any hope? Because majority of people in the world will be dead. They'll kill them all. There'll just be a few people hiding on top of the mountain. But then, as it comes in hadith, even after so much, then there's going to be unbelievable level of barakah. So much barakah. The more barakah than ever has been seen is going to come at that time. So after every difficulty comes ease. The world is not ending today. It really isn't. Okay? But what the key thing is, Iman can be lost anytime. That's the key thing. I'm not saying Dajjal is around the corner or, or, or Day of Judgment is coming or Yajuj Maju is coming. No. And the, this is hopeless. No, absolutely not. There's still a lot of khair happening and will continue to happen. The issue is, right now we've got to worry about it. Even individually, every person got to be worried about his Iman and of his children's Iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you and I safe. Till, till we meet Allah and we meet Rasulullah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us all united keep our minds connected and hearts connected may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see the truth as the truth enable us to follow it may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see falsehood as falsehood and enable us to remain away from it to some dhikr La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam La ilaha illallah 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 
ইলাম محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم صلی اللہ علیہ 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 محمد صلی اللہ الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله 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 الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه اللهم انت سلام السلام وبارك على الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاه تنجينا بها من جميع الاحوال والافات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بها اقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياه بعد الممات انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امرنا وثبت اقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين 
الكافرين اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امننا وثبت اقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما رب اني مغلوب فانتصر رب اني مغلوب فانتصر رب اني مغلوب فانتصر وفوض امري الى الله ان الله بصير بالعباد وفوض امري الى الله ان الله بصير بالعباد وفوض امري الى الله ان الله بصير العباد يا من امره بين الكاف والنون يا من امره بين الكاف والنون اللهم ارحمنا اللهم ارحمنا اللهم اكرمنا ولا تهنا واثرنا ولا تؤثر علينا اللهم اعزنا اللهم اللهم لا تذلنا اللهم اغننا اللهم اغننا اللهم اغننا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم زيننا بزينه الايمان اللهم زيننا بزينه الايمان اللهم اكرمنا بالتقوى اللهم اكرمنا بالتقوى اللهم اكرمنا بالتقوى اللهم جملنا بالعافيه اللهم جملنا بالعافيه اللهم نسالك Ya Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to accept this gathering. O Allah, in all future and past gatherings. O Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to, to keep us, Ya Allah, steadfast in our attendance in any and all gatherings of knowledge and dhikr that we have been invited to attend. O Allah, we ask you, Allah, do not allow us to do any such deed because of which we may be deprived of attending the masjid, Ya Allah. O Allah, save us from any and all such sins which would become a means of us being deprived of good opportunities of, of learning and of spending in your path and of getting closer to you, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we beg you and we seek refuge in you and we seek repentance from any and all such actions which has become a means of deprival of doing good deeds. Oh Allah, any such, good, any such sin that may have make us deprived of Qiyamul Layl, any such sin which has make us deprived of reciting Quran excessively and doing dhikr excessively and, being, uh, and having the very best character, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, for indeed losing of tawfiq many times is due to our own sins. Oh Allah, we beg you, Ya Allah, that you, you forgive any and all such sins which has angered you, O Allah, and which has become a means of us drifting away from the deen. O Allah, we ask you any and all major and minor sins of any sort that any one of us, our loved ones, our children, our spouses, our parents, our siblings are involved in. Ya Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, through your immense fadl and mercy which encompasses everything that you grant us, grant us, Ya Allah, najat and, and salvation from all of this, Ya Allah. O Allah, take us, take these sins away from us, the way you protected, the way you removed fitna from Yusuf and you, you snatched it away from his path. O Allah, we beg you that you remove the temptation and the uh, sin, the temptation of sin and the doors of sin from us, Ya Allah. O Allah, even if our hands are extending towards sin, allow our hands not to reach it. Even our minds are thinking about it, allow our minds never be able to grasp how to go about it. O Allah, if our, if, even if our money is such that we can do that, O Allah, allow us to, Ya Allah, not have the money to be able to do what we want to do. O Allah, close the doors. Everywhere we turn, allow ourselves to be surrounded by closed doors when it comes to doing any type of action which is disliked by you. O Allah, any such haram business that is disliked by you, allow the doors to be closed for it. Any investment that is disliked by you, allow the doors to be closed for it. O Allah, any and all type of friendships which will be harmful for us, allow those friendships to be removed and fall apart. O Allah, any and all relationships which are harmful for our deen and our dunya in the long run, O Allah, we beg you Allah to remove those, remove those people from our path. 
O oh Allah, we ask you to replace all these with good opportunities, halal opportunities, halal sustenance, halal risk, and O oh Allah, halal fun, and, halal, and, and good friendship, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, all those brothers and sisters who are here on our listening online or later on, who have multitude of requests, multitude of issues that they're dealing with, O oh Allah, and problems and stressful issues that they're going through in their personal life. We ask you, Ya Allah, to fulfill all of their permissible desires and needs, fulfill their permissible desires and needs, remove the sources of their stress, O oh Allah, remove the, whatever is keeping them awake at night. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to keep us all connected to the deen till our last breath. O oh Allah, there's no greater stress than the stress of trying to remain a Muslim. O oh Allah, we beg you, Allah, to keep us and our children and our progeny steadfast in Iman and Islam. O oh Allah, not just hanging by the thread on Islam, but absolutely the strongest of believers. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us the Iman similar to the Iman of the Sahaba, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, and allow us to be serving the deen the way the Sahaba served the deen. O oh Allah, the way they have absolute Iman and Yaqeen, grant is that level of iman and yaqeen. Allah allow us to be worthy of being called the brothers and siblings of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as he mentioned. O Allah allow us to be from amongst those who Rasulullah sallam would be yearning to meet, and of course we would be yearning to meet him. O Allah allow us to become from amongst those who will enjoy his intercession on the day of judgment. Ya Allah make every one of us the flag bearer of the sunnah. O Allah allow us to invite sunnah, invite towards sunnah through our own actions. O Allah whatever. Sicknesses any one of us or our loved ones are going through, be it physical or spiritual, we ask you to grant us shifa from all of those. O Allah, anyone who is being affected from sihr, anyone who's been affected from the evil eye, anyone who's been affected from the evil effects of hasad, O Allah, we beg you, Ya Allah, that you beg you, Ya Allah, you free them from all of this, this evil. O Allah, free, free them, Ya Allah, from all this evil. O Allah, free them, free them from all this evil and their loved ones, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant us absolutely highest levels of ruhaniyat and spirituality, to be able to protect us and our loved ones from these insinuations and these attacks, non-stop attacks, of shayateen from the humans and shayateen from the jinn. O Allah, we ask you, Allah, to grant us the firasa and the foresight and the, and the basira to be able to distinguish right from wrong and to be able to see right through the, the veils that shaytan has put over eyes. Allow us to be able to see right through those veils and allow, be, allow us to be able to see the makkar and the kaid of shaytan, ya Allah. And then allow us to protect ourselves from that makkar and kaid, ya Allah, and the plots of shaytan, ya Allah. O Allah, whatever the jali talbis is happening right now in the world, allow us all with our own naked eyes to be able to see this Dajjali Talbis happening in front of us, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, please do not, un- do not cover us the way you have covered, have allowed post people to be covered, their eyes to be covered. Oh Allah, do not allow us to be from those blind people. Oh Allah, give us the firasa, allow our eyes of the heart to open up and for us to be able to see where haq lies and where falsehood lies. And oh Allah, keep us from amongst the people of the haq always. Even if they may be few in number, oh Allah, keep us steadfast in the people of haq, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, allow us to be come from amongst your sincere servants and allow us to become from amongst your chosen ones. Make us mukhlis and make us mukhlas. Make us mukhlis, make us mukhlas. Make us from amongst your servants, chosen ones and make us from amongst your sincere ones. Oh Allah, whatever dua requests are here or people have a right upon us or who have requested us for, for dua, especially our parents and our teachers and our elders, we ask you Allah, grant them more than they're asking, more than they're expecting. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect this madrasa, this masjid. And oh Allah, all of our musallis, our volunteers, male and female. Oh Allah, our students, male and female. And all are their families, the staff members and teachers and well-wishers across the globe and those who are listening and attending and, and benefiting from any and all branches of Darussalam. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to keep their iman, their health, their wealth, and their children, Ya Allah, in, in your khas, hifada, in aman, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, keep us all under your protection. Keep us all under your protection. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wasalamun al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Please enjoy the tea and snacks on the way out. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.